Well, folks, I believe it is time. Hit my music. Once again to our annual live New Year's Day episode of the Horizon Roundtable, I am Bob McDonald. Normally I'd be joined by my co-host Matt Dudek, who you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, but he's under the weather, but he's always here with us in spirit. So we do have quite a few different people coming in. Um, first and foremost, uh, coming live from Milwaukee, right before the Cleveland State Milwaukee women's game, Kyle Rossi. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, Bob, glad, glad to be, be here. here. Well, <laughs> just, just, just broke, broke the, the media, media table, table, so it's off to a great start. Excellent. Happy New Year. Um, we'll also be joined by John Parker and Blake Schumacher. They're going to jump in a little later on. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, before we get started, before we get started, um, I, Kyle, I have an announcement to make. You probably already know what's going to happen here. But this is for everybody else. So, um, in August, I had announced that seven months from now, on August 5th, 2024, I would be stepping down from the Horizon Roundtable. Well, I am moving that up four months. So, the podcast episode will be recording on Sunday, April 6th, during the Final Four weekend. That's going to be my last one. I have a full post on the website the day after. And... Then that's gonna be it for me. Uh, does this mean the end for everyone? No, not necessarily. As I stated in August, if there is someone, or someone's really, because there's a lot of things need to do, who would like to take over managing the day to day of the site, editorial, social media, well, and all that, this is your time to step up. DMs are open. We have a full job posting on horizonroundtable.com, and you can email us at HorizonRoundtable.com. If none of that happens, well, this really is going to be the end. In that event, uh, all my all our Patreon subscriptions, uh, and thank you all to the subscribers who have joined us. Um, your subscriptions will be canceled on April 7th. Uh, the website will remain up for a year. Uh, the Discord server still going to be managed by Jimmy, so it's still going to be up, but that'll be that. And naturally, I have more to say about that in April, but until then... Kyle, let's get into the games that we play. So, since you're here first, let's talk about, like, the Clash of the Titans on Saturday between <laughs> Green Bay and Cleveland State. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's, that's you know, know it's, I was, was kind of thinking, thinking about this a little bit, and I talked, you know, I talked to Chris Kilsmeyer after every game, and, you know, especially this year, more than any other year, he keeps saying about continuity, continuity, continuity. Trying, trying to build continuity, they're, they're not there yet, yet. They're, they're not, not where, where they need to be, and I think, I think really what you saw on Saturday was kind of the clash of the two teams that kind of build their, their team in different ways, you know, Cleveland State heavily relying on the transfer portal, um, and not, not just, just for, you know, role players, players either. either, I mean, they, with, with Destiny Leo out there, you know, five entirely new starters versus last year right now, so... 
and you, you have Green, Green Bay, Bay with a bunch, bunch of, you know, bunch of girls, girls from, from mostly from, from Wisconsin, some from Minnesota, Minnesota, I guess, but, you know, they, they tend to stay there four years, they come up through the system, they have pretty much everybody playing significant minutes as their last year as well, so... <laughs> You know, you, know, you, you look, look at Cleveland State's record against Green Bay in the regular season versus the Horizon League tournament. And, and kind of, I mean, there is something to what, what, what Chris, Chris Kilmer tells, tells me pretty much every day now um, that Cleveland State tends to be a better team at the beginning of the year, but Green Bay was certainly more ready to go on Saturday. So I guess it's kind of safe to say, um, I, I guess I'm not really telling tales out of school that Green Bay might very well be the best women's basketball team in Wisconsin. <laughs> That's, I, mean, I mean, you know, you, know, you look at the series history over the years. I mean, they they own, own the Badgers for the most part. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Marquette's always really tough. And I mean, you know, they've already played beating Milwaukee this year. So, so yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's true a lot of years, and I think it's probably true this year as well. Well, that is true. Um, so what what comes up next for Cleveland State? Obviously, you're at Milwaukee today. Um, yeah. What what is was honestly? I mean, you you mentioned all of that, and you obviously mentioned the uh, the departure of Destiny Leo, and we'll probably uh-huh. see her next year because she's clearly going to be a red shirt, so she's going to you know give headaches to yeah. many many people next year as well. But it she still had she still had her COVID year, regardless of even if she okay. you know played this full year, she is eligible to redshirt because she got hurt early enough in the season, but um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, you never know year to year in college basketball anymore, but I honestly can't see her going anywhere. So, yeah, hopefully we'll see Destiny Leo back and uh, doing her thing next year. So one of the things that one of the things I have found striking is in spite of that major absence is that Cleveland State as a team hasn't really, uh, I mean, it hasn't really fallen off. Um, yeah. Up to up to um, even with through the first say three quarters or so of the game against Green Bay, it was a true knockdown dragout until obviously sure. the Phoenix is you know pulled away in in the fourth quarter. So from a yeah. talent standpoint, and you mentioned Kilsmeyer going to the transfer portal. Clearly, he like Jared Calhoun on the men's side has clearly mastered winning the portal. At least yeah, in, this, in this year, in this regard. It, it's, it's funny, funny I, mean, I mentioned, mentioned the portal, but yeah, yeah like like every year he loses a few players to the portal and he gets, gets a few players, players and it seems like, like every year the talent's gotten, gotten a little bit better and better. And better, and better. But, I, mean, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned, mentioned that Leo going, going down, down, but they, they, got, got, they got, got Colby Maples out of Grambling, and she's just fantastic first, quick first step. She's able to get to the bucket, do a lot of those things. You know, Mickey Purdue kind of took over the starting position. Technically speaking, she's starting, starting out when, when she wasn't, wasn't pointed out before Destiny got hurt. hurt. But, uh, you know, she, she was a D2 leader and made three-pointers three last year. So, so you kind of have two of Destiny Leo's primary skills there, there and they're kind of reflected in two new players that have been, been able to kind of patch over that absence a little bit. bit. So it's, <laughs> it's a nice, nice luxury to have, I guess, when you can just throw in. You know, you know, I know John's, John's big, big on advocating for D2, but, you know, you, know, you look, look at, like, you know, Lily Ritz, Ritz coming in a couple years ago and was one of the best players in the Rising League. Had, she was, like, D2 leading rebounder, and you wonder how that, that would translate. And Mickey Purdue kind, kind of the same thing, thing where, yeah, yeah, if you're, you're the, the national leader in D2, you're probably, probably going to be pretty good D1, too. Well, the funny thing, too, is that you also see, 
Green Bay isn't off the hook. You've got a very good Purdue Fort Wayne going team going yeah. up to Green Bay today. And and you want to talk about kind of the transformation of a couple of the uh, two, at least two of the teams with on the women's side. Uh, uh, Fort Wayne being one of the Purdue Fort Wayne being one of them. Detroit Mercy being the other. Where they, if you'd have told us two years ago that those two teams would be where they are right now, I would have told you you were crazy. But yeah. you got Maria Marcasano at Purdue Fort Wayne. You got Kate Actor, uh, Kate Actor at Detroit Mercy, who have really turned it around. And on the Detroit Mercy side, which we'll talk about on the men's side later, who is in real trouble. <laughs> the opposite yeah, is I mean, true on the women's side, where it's been historically, uh, they've been historically really underperforming and there was obviously a level of dysfunction that we probably will never really get down to the bottom of um, until, you know, long, long, long after, <laughs> but yeah, to see what sure. those two programs have come, have come together. And then, you know, you have a Purdue Fort Wayne team that is going up to get a green Bay and going to really, in my estimation, give green Bay as many headaches as Cleveland state did on Saturday. I mean, you know, people, people, people listening might think we're throwing platitudes out there, but, you know, Purdue Fort Wayne's always played, you know, last couple years. Actually, I think the people who are listening right now are like, with the exception of probably John out there, like, I was going to listen to this other stuff, but we'll, we'll get to that later, guys. I was out here first. <laughs> Purdue Fort Wayne, I mean, they've, during, during the regular season, probably even tougher than Cleveland, Cleveland State a lot of times they've played Green Bay. And, you know, this year, just another year. The thing that really impressed me about, about Purdue for Wayne is the way they're able to just get, get you know, uh, Rennes Schwerman and uh, Air Woods and the two freshmen, they integrate them in the system absolutely seamlessly. Obviously, you still have uh, Millie Bromenschenkel, Shea Sellers, if some of the familiar names there, they just, you know, and they've done it, they've done it all with um, a couple injuries, too. The, um, what's her face? They're starting post player. She's been out. Blanking on her name now, now but, but you know, you know, Sydney Greer has done a nice job filling in for them as well. As well. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a system team in some ways, but a lot of just really explosive players and getting it done for them. Ah. Well, that's good. I mean, and then is that going to be, I mean, moving forward? I mean, because we're going to see all of these guys later, obviously. Um, but uh, but I'm glad you, you jumped on, and obviously you're over there. Uh, uh, you're obviously at, obviously up in um, in in Milwaukee. And by the way, and, and this is a great segue. By the way, this this is a great segue too. By the way, where oh, you were at the you were at the Milwaukee Wright State game, and Blake uh, Schumacher and John Parker are all uh, yeah. You guys are here, so go ahead and introduce you. Go ahead and jump on in, guys. Um, <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Uh, probably better for me than you. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, now I was going to get into kind of some of the other teams first, but Kyle, since you were at the, you were, you were at the Milwaukee, you had a choice Kyle between the Milwaukee Wright state game and the, uh, and the green Bay Robert Morris game. Um, you, yeah, you, I chose, mean, you, you chose Milwaukee. Did, first well, of all, did you choose, see Jimmy? Did, my my Twitter followers chose Milwaukee. Honestly, I was you know 
I woke, I woke up, up yesterday, and the bottom line is I could, I could watch a basketball game and then drive down, or I could drive down and then watch a basketball game. It didn't really make a ton of difference to me. I know Milwaukee, Rice State, maybe was kind of the more marquee game of the two, but man, you can't you can't turn down Sunny Wicks, right? He went out of his so. way immediate day to introduce me. I'm like, I'm a women's guy. I don't even know how you know who I am. But, <laughs> but so I, that was very tempting to me. And honestly, whichever way the, the, the Twitter, the, the X followers, the platform formerly known as Twitter, whichever I have this very strange feeling that it's uh, you, you have um, <laughs> uh, that bottle box got stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> but whichever Just way they would have told me to go, I would have gone. All right, so so what ended up happening was, of course, um, so uh, you ended up to Milwaukee, and you got to see something that we haven't seen in like a month now. We saw the return of B.J. Freeman. Yeah, and I mean, he had an awesome game. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll jump in and talk about men's just for a second before I let these guys handle. But man, B.J. Freeman, holy cow. Like, yeah. you know, I said it yesterday online, but like you talk, talk about, about that, that guy's guy like the most athletic, athletic guy, guy on the floor. But he's a very unselfish teammate. I mean, holy, holy he's just, just, he's so dangerous. He can do anything with the basketball in his hands. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. Um, so what I found very interesting about that game is that, yeah, obviously, B, yeah, Milwaukee with BJ Freeman is clearly, clearly a, <laughs> is a much different team, is a much different team to say the least. Um, and the funny part is that it wasn't just him. It wasn't just him. It was Kentrell Pullian, too. And Kentrell Pullian has had to come in because one of the things we didn't get to talk about over the last two weeks, because we were off, obviously, for Christmas, is that Marquise Browning is no longer on this team. So somebody had to step up, and sure enough, sure enough, Kentrell Pullian yeah. has just stepped up in a big way. He stepped up against Robert Morris, and he stepped up against Wright State. And wow. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean, definitely uh, having him kind of taking on that lead of uh, it with him and Browning, it wasn't so much like one of them was consistently the second scorer. It's kind of like they were both taking their turns. And now he almost, I mean, with without Browning, uh, he and then Eric, without Browning, and then at the time without. Uh, Freeman, Eric Pratt, and Kentrell Pullian had to kind of be the guys. And, I mean, frankly, they were both very good yesterday as well. So you you might end up in a spot where two guys who were expected to be, like, maybe, you know, rotating in as second options now can be consistent, you know, 2A and 2B. That could definitely make Milwaukee's backcourt scary. I still need to work out the front court, but <laughs> what I found interesting about the front court, and especially in the game against Wright State, where you had a real pitfall in the fact that you had Brandon Noel, who was really a big part of this game up until the very end. They seem to have done a really. They, Milwaukee did a really good job of neutralizing him 
Um, both with Darius Duffy and then a little later on with Faison Fields, which I I don't know if that goes how long, far that goes into addressing Milwaukee's issue in the front court, but doesn't hurt. No, and I mean another thing that definitely helped is that both teams just hit all their shots, so there weren't that many chances for Wright State to grab extra rebounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Wright State relies on. Offense is making mistakes versus defense actually making stops is what it feels like this year. Uh, okay. So, um, Blake, I got to ask about Wright State. I mean, what is going on with them? This is oh, the, it's I don't know what I don't know what I mean. We've been talking about this whole defensive like black hole for like the entire season, and it's not getting any better, like at all. No, it's not. And I, I can't put my finger on what it could be here because it feels like it could be a big combination of the two things that I think are the issue. And it's Nagy refusing to change scheme. The man-to-man defense is what he's known and played for years and years and years. And it's yeah. players that are not putting out as much energy as they need to on defense versus how they are on offense. Like, you see Trey Calvin and Tanner Oldman exploding for points or, like, Brandon Knoll and AJ Brown like muscling their way in for points and things like that on the offensive side. But on defense, it's like they're a limp fish. Like you just push them out of the way a little. And is that a te- limp but, fish? Is that a technical term? I, that's what I'm going to call it. Limp <laughs> fish. It's, I don't, I'm not, I don't really, do, I don't really that, follow that logic really. It's insane to me that, like, I I think they have one of the nation's best offenses. Not, like, top, top, but, like, top 50-ish. And it's the absolute pits when it comes to defense, and that's costing us games. And no one on either side of the ball has seemingly made any steps to address. I don't know if zone's the correct answer. I don't know if, like, forcing players out that can play defense that can't play defense is the answer. I don't know what it is, but it, it it's very frustrating. Yeah, I would say so. And it's starting I, I, I've noticed that it's getting a little frustrating for Wright State fans too. I mean they they're doing yeah, yeah for I, sure. last couple of last couple of games they've been doing their best Detroit Mercy fan impersonation. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, um right. I'll I, say I, this about Wright State fans. We're spoiled. I don't know. Nagy's a great coach, and I think he's, I think he's. Um, he's been exposed the, the last two seasons, had. though. He really but, has. Yeah. It's insane. I'm. It's, I can't put my finger on it. But normally, yeah, he doesn't have I mean, this problem. This is a level of unacceptable that we're not willing to hear about. Like going really? one and two in the league again is just frustrating to no end. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I got to say this, since uh, Wright State also played Green Bay. Oh, my God. John uh, John Dirt is in the uh, in our YouTube chat right now. He did remind us that Cleveland State and Wright State are playing on Thursday night on ESPN2. Um, we'll talk about Cleveland State a little later on because they scared the yeah. crap out of me on uh, Saturday, on Sunday. But I want to actually talk about yeah. – I actually want to talk about, uh, you know, how Wright State's weekend in – Lost weekend, it appears, in Wisconsin started with with Green Bay. Um, and honestly, realistically, 
I, I we were really hoping that we we really kind of were really high on Sunny Wicks at the beginning. We were probably a little higher than most people were. Like the official poll that picked, uh, the official Horizon League poll that picked Green Bay last. Like <laughs> Detroit Mercy just wasn't sitting there, just dysfunctional. Um, I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you, like you didn't even know who was on their team, but oh, we're not going to pick them last. Um, but, <laughs> but, wow. Um, and Eric Haslam over at Metrics uh, on tr- uh, Twitter. I didn't even realize this at the time. Apparently, and I didn't realize this that Green Bay has won as many games this year in the you know, we. In 2023, under Sonny Wicks, he, he's won more games than the last two years of Will Ryan combined. Like, okay. In play? In, no, period. Period. Oh, right, yep. right. Period. So, I, so, for Green Bay fans, you know, uh, I, I know it's a little early to declare the Renaissance complete, but you guys are definitely getting there. Thank Can God. Can I say one thing about that, they, though? Sure. Take away Noah Reynolds, who went there because of his, I mean, more than likely went there because his brother's on the coaching staff. Where are yeah. they? That's uh, the one no thing way. I'll say. <laughs> Take him away. I don't think they're three and well, one. Well, I mean, well, well, yeah. Um, that's true, but how many times have we seen a coaching transition and then they bring in the a guy that really makes it a you know makes that team that transition a lot smoother? I mean, look at I'll give you the perfect example. Last year, when uh, Daniel Robinson took over for Dennis Gates at Cleveland State, who did he bring in? Tristan and Aruna. Without Tristan and Aruna, where is da- where is the that Cleveland State team? So. Yeah, I, the, be- but, the beauty of the transfer portal. The beauty of the transfer portal. But I, I do feel like it's a little bit different when it's a coach's brother. They're going to kick Coach Reynolds out two years from now when his brother's out of eligibility? No. no of course not. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, uh, I mean, well, of course they aren't, obviously. But, I don't know. Yeah. That's the one thing I'll say. Uh, with that said, yeah, I mean, they were putrid. The last couple of years, and they're very they're confident mu- this year. Yes, they are. They really are, and that's yeah, and that is probably the best part of this whole entire thing. Because again, and, and we talk, and John, we've talked about this. We talked about this right after Will Ryan got the boot. Is that this is the last three years? Well, two and a half, obviously, uh, under Will Ryan. Those were the anomaly. In the history of Green Bay, yeah, those were the anomaly. the The norm is that this is a top. This is a team that has consistently been. This has been a program that's consistently been in the top half of the Horizon League, and it's. And quite frankly, it's insane that whatever decisions were made for that to happen, and of course, everybody who made that decision isn't even there anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. It, it isn't. I mean, I and I, you guys missed your opportunity. I told you what I was going to do for you guys. I I told you the solid I would do for you guys. 
Um, but it's good. That it's it's good that we. I, I'm glad that they they may not be all the way back, but they're getting there. They're definitely getting there. Um, oh yeah, you know who's not getting, because the, you know the who's not getting there though. Is, and I still can't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. The flip side of what I was just saying about like, you know, okay, where are they without Reynolds? Is they were kind of in a spot where I mean the whole team had to be new. Yeah. So. Well, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, what's funny is is that they didn't. Uh, they were new, but you see some of those components kind of you know seeping on in there because you still have Clarence Cummings the third oh. and Ryan Way. Well, yeah. And Ryan no, Way I was. Wish would have, I wish Clarence Cummings would have gone down the highway. I loved him last year. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> no, he's awesome. Yeah, and Ryan Wade definitely stepped up against Robert Morris on Sunday. Um, speaking of Robert Morris, what is going on there? I I don't know. I was really hoping to have Scott I, Meyer on there to explain it, but I don't see that happening today. I'm really sad about that. Um, but yeah, that's what that. What what is? No, <laughs> I've never. I um, really. I am so extreme. I I am. I've been so disappointed with the way that that is shaken out. Uh, yeah, with that with the transition, yeah, because we were pro- we we th- we were it was I was really hoping to see the Robert Morris that consistently won in the NEC, and that transition has not yeah. happened. Yeah, and no. I am I don't know. It it just seems like a crazy thing that it doesn't make any sense to me. That it's like holy crap, I don't get it. I do not get it. Not at all. And no, I am I am at a loss because I absolutely this is the team that I absolutely was hoping, really hoping was going to be a lot better than they have. And this year is just it just seems like the bottom's falling off. They can't yeah. get anything going. I think I don't know. I, I think it might be a situation where we've kind of. I don't even know. remember if we've talked about it much on the pod or if it was kind of more in just the, the group chat and stuff, but I think it's kind of – we're more than likely coming up on that time where the coaching change needs to happen. I mean, we're yeah, that, that seat, that seat I mean, is getting like, much warmer. Um the, and it, the and the funny part is, is it's it's weird because when you talk about Robert and, and you look at some of the games that they have lost and they have been winnable games. Even the Milwaukee mm-hmm. game was a winnable game for Robert Morris, and then but at the cool. end they fizzled out. Yeah, and that has been and that was not an isolated incident. When you look at the non-conference, Cornell mm-hmm. winnable game they didn't win, Delaware. Winnable game. They didn't win. Th- yeah, this, I mean, I mean, theoretically, this all is, of them. Yeah, you look at yeah, oh. you look at that schedule up and down, and you see all those winnable games that Robert like Morris Wisconsin, was in. It. They were in it. Yeah, exactly. And then they just petered out. And I am. It's a head scratcher. It's really a head scratcher. And I don't. I, you know the the Jacksonville game where. <laughs> the bench clearing brawl. They were they were up. I believe they were up, or they were close to being up. 
and blah, they 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 lost it. Although, also by the way, I was a little disappointed because the the blazer that Andy Tool was rocking during that bench clearing brawl, I'm disappointed he didn't take that with him to Green Bay. That would have been Sonny <laughs> Wicks had his on. Andy Tool didn't have his on. Very very disappointing. <laughs> I was I was really hoping to see that. No, and then the the thing for me with Robert Morris is my understanding is what they are paying Tool would be like top five in the league. So that's a situation where I feel it is a bit different than like an IUPUI where uh-huh. your next coach is going to be the bottom paid coach in the league. You can go get a guy like you can. They can snag a D one coach. See for what they're paying Tool. It's interesting you mentioned IUPUI because we'll talk a little bit about them in a moment. But IUPUI, it's it, this transition to IUI seems like <laughs> I know <laughs> seems like there's there's something changing with this transition from IUPUI to IUI. One of them being potentially a a an on campus venue for athletics. Theoretically, it'll happen. Um, we'll see, I guess. But theoretically, that'll happen. But I don't know. I don't know how that shakes out. But I will say this. They're not the worst team in the Horizon League anymore. <laughs> but were no, they ever? I mean, this year, were they ever this year? No. they. I mean, they snagged a win over a team that beat Green Bay five days later right out of the gate. So, I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I've had them last in the power rankings, but no, that game was that. It is a shame that game was not on ESPN two. Detroit oh. Mercy winless and without <laughs> Jaden Stone versus IUPUI, arguably worse, and without Jalen Counter. That is that is disgusting. <laughs> I mean, this is but, like I mean, yeah that that. that that was the bum fights game of the week right there. And it wasn't even close. IUPUI yeah, just no, cleaned their clock. That's the, that's the, the problem. Only reason, the only reason, honestly, the only reason, the only reason Detroit Mercy only lost by 12 was because Matt Crenshaw called off the dogs like five, probably a little earlier than he should have. Um, <laughs> within like five minutes, he had, you know, he, he was, he had his walk-ons and whatnot. Come on. So yeah, that's what happened. And it, it's not even. It's not even just that. We. It, it's not just that they're losing. It's that I'm not sure what's going on over there, because during the IUPUI game, he, you know, Eduardo Decadia, who is who is their main guy, their main guy in the front court. Seriously, front court, yeah. he disappeared. Did you see him in the second half? I did not see him in the second half at all. No, it made no sense whatsoever. Jaden Stone's obviously out. We don't know when he's coming back. Oh, Alex Chiku is in France right now because he has visa issues, apparently. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? No. Get out of town. You gotta be kidding me with that, dude. Seriously. Like, how, I mean, that one just blows me, that one just blows me away because you know you got a kid here who is going to play? Who is who? Who you? Who needs a visa? Whose visa is expiring? 
and all of a sudden, he doesn't have one anymore, and nobody thought, hey, maybe we should think about getting that renewed in timely in a timely manner. Now that we got the whole two-time waiver thing all taken, multiple waiver thing taken care of, now I'll... I don't know, man. I am... I don't know what to even make of Detroit Mercy anymore. And... The, I don't know that, if you were paying attention to it, but you want to hear something really funny? Oh, there's more? Ole Miss is still undefeated. They're 13 and 0. <laughs> that is the part that I get. Yeah, I know. It blows me away. They only lost by one to, well, it's a nationally ranked opponent. <laughs> a nationally ranked opponent. And they only lost by one. And that was the closest loss they had. Yeah. The closest Got loss they had. They lost dragged. it. Then. And realistically, I said, I was convinced that IUPUI was the best chance for Detroit Mercy to get a, um, no, John, the, yes, it's been, it's now a preliminary, it's, it's what, uh, it's a preliminary injunction and it goes all the way till the end of spring sports now. So if you transfer before the spring sports period is done, you're good to go. And, oh, by the way, the NCAA also just put out guidance for 24-25. So, yeah, that whole multi-waiver thing is gone, it looks like, at least in the near term. So, yeah. So, that happened. Um, Not like it matters at this point. But, yeah, I had mentioned that IUPUI probably represented the best chance, or really, in the near term, the only chance for Detroit Mercy to get a win. That wouldn't surprise the crap out of us. Yeah, they right. lose by double digits. And then they and go no in. no counter. You said and, that before we. And no counter. counter. And no Jalen counter. Oh. And no Jalen counter. Who, by the way, came back to Cleveland State. And, you know, that was, that was, that, that made me nervous. But we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> um, then they go into, and then they go into Purdue, Fort Wayne again. And the funny part, the funny part about, um, the crazy part about Detroit Mercy, once again, Detroit Mercy does very well in the first half, and then the second half, bleh, and that's exactly what happened against Purdue Fort Wayne. They were, I think they were only down by two, they were only down by five at halftime to Purdue Fort Wayne. And they lost by, and what, 33 or something? Yeah. They had 56 points for the game. Purdue Fort Wayne had 57 in the second half. Ugh. Oof. Yeah, yeah, so while we're you know, since I just mentioned that whole, uh, you know, the jobs where the current coach would be top five in the league in salary, my understanding is this is another one. And that one doesn't make any sense. I mean, <laughs> was it? That has was there somebody besides that. Antoine coming? I mean, I think it's like a seven, something like a seven-year deal. I didn't. the The whole semantics of the the contract is just I have no clue, dude. No idea. The whole idea that that's the 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 whole semantics of the contract. It's I don't know what the deal is. What I know is that um, if I understand it correctly, sorry for Horizon League fans. Um, unless rich old guy pops out of the woodwork, and you, that you may very well be uh, stuck with Mike Davis for another year, and so will we. Oh my gosh! So. Uh, good luck with that. And it's funny because we have the same argument all the time, every year. 
health is an issue, eligibility is an issue. This has been a thing for the entire time in the Mike Davis era. The only difference is that whole entire thing is, is for the previous five years, it was masked by Antoine. Now it's not. And this is what we're left with. So, yeah, I mean, and Jaden Stone could have helped that, but now he's included in that, unfortunately. He is, indeed. Oh, he was last week. <laughs> he was, absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't see him going anywhere but down. Um, the, the Green Bay game I thought might be a winnable game. No, I do not anymore. <laughs> not even no. close. No. I mean, you can see uh, potentially, because they do play very uh, Detroit Mercy does play much better at Callahan, so I do see the possibility of an upset happening. I don't think they're going to go over the season. Let's be honest. That, that's really hard to do, go over the season. I don't really see that in this situation. I think somebody's going to end up losing to them at some point. Um. But not in the, not in the, <laughs> uh, hopefully it's not somebody that, you know, who's really high up in the net and just basically screws everybody into the ground. <laughs> I don't really want to deal with that. It, well, I mean, so, um, so. Well, even their women's team managed to catch UIC a couple years ago. So there's hope for everybody. That is true. <laughs> you are correct. Well, UIC, well, yeah, we, we don't speak of UIC <laughs> anymore. Anytime well, UIC yeah, loses, but, is, we, we, we celebrate was, now. Sorry. That was their last year in the league, but they were they were god awful at the time. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. So, all right. So, um, so, uh, see, uh, shout out Craig Jones. Haven't seen him in a while. Only elite programs go winless for the entire season. <laughs> oh God, no. Um, so funny. Oh God. Thank you, Craig. Shout out to Mike Garland. Oh, man. What are you trying to do? Like, flare up my PTSD <laughs> from the Viking death spiral of 2003-2004? Oh. oh. I'm going to have to work that out in therapy at some point. Um, That was 20 years ago, and I'm still, like, traumatized by it. <laughs> um, but I'm glad. But you know what was tra almost traumatizing at Cleveland State? uh I don't think IUPUI is as bad a team as a, basically everybody makes them out to be, and I think they're going to probably beat somebody else. And why is it going to be Robert Morris? <laughs> um, but uh, Cleveland State had a weird week because they had Oakland. Oakland was rolling. Oakland and Oakland did some weird stuff on Sunday that we'll talk about later. Um. <laughs> Oakland had, yeah, o Oakland did some weird stuff against Youngstown State that we'll talk about in a moment. But Cleveland State pretty much dominated Oakland. I mean, they get Oakland did kind of have their late game surge, but Cleveland State beat them back with a stick, and that was a really good win for them. That was a really good win yeah. for them. And then they go to IEPY, and IEPY scares the crap out of them. <laughs> Which didn't make it made no sense to me because uh, it really made no sense to me. Um, but of course, Cleveland State did pull it out. Now Cleveland State is what three and one in the conference now. So, eh, seems like they are. Uh, seems like things are getting a little better. I suppose I mean, a little better. They're still yeah. They're they're second in the conference for Christ's sakes. 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, gotta work on, I gotta work on my uh, open pessimism on that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, um, they're Cleveland State. Honestly, it's so weird. Since Debrick went down, they're kind of on a tear. <laughs> they are. Yeah, I think they're. This is like uh, they they've won four in a row. They've won four in yeah. a row. They they beat Bradley. They beat Bradley, which means they beat Ryan Wardle. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you beat Brian Wardle is a is a is a good thing. So they beat Brian, they beat the uh, they beat Bradley, they beat Western Michigan, and then they swept the and then they swept their first two games back. And now they get to play Wright State. And Wright State is kind of and Wright State, given how in disarray they are, they're gonna have some problems. Wright State is. Yeah, and I've I've I mentioned can, this I can before. absolutely see yeah, I could absolutely see Cleveland State but, coming out and national television beating up on Wright State. Okay, I mentioned this on Twitter. Why is that the TV game the same night as the defending regular season champ playing the defending tournament champ? What what was the pick there? It's so weird to me. Well, that Youngstown I don't State, Northern see. Kentucky was a gimme, if you ask me. They were a gimme right up until Sam Vincent got hurt. But I gotta say, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. Um, I mean, okay. <laughs> if Wright State doesn't figure something out, watch Wright State figure something out. <laughs> no, no, come on. <laughs> You're like, I no, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I don't want that. Well, see, here's the problem. Here's the problem they had because Cleveland State is a much better defensive team than the teams that Wright State has already lost to. And I can easily see Tanner Holden and uh, Trey Calvin magically disappearing under Cleveland State's defensive press. I can see them magically disappearing. And here's the other thing, too. They, it seems to me that Wright State has a three-point shooting problem. Because I, I feel like it will be Alex Hubricks and... Uh, and Andrew Wellage, and I'm not really seeing it. I mean, they didn't yesterday. <laughs> they really didn't. They really didn't. <laughs> and is it me or is AJ Braun kind of is it regressing? I mean, Brandon Noel's yeah, doing pretty good, but AJ Braun, I'm still a little leery about. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's. Outside of, so I don't know, I feel like A.J. Braun from everything, like I picked him as a potential breakout candidate, darn it, picked the wrong, <laughs> the wrong red shirt big man factory guy. Um, he, he really doesn't, you know, take over as much as it feels like he could. He doesn't, yeah. you know, play as aggressive. I mean, I feel like if he was averaging 10 shots a game, his efficiency would still maybe not be as good, but it'd still be up there. I suppose. And instead he's shooting, you know, usually five to seven shots a game. And so, I mean, he's hitting two-thirds of his shots. Like, shoot more. That's my thing is is you know so often you'll have like shoot until you're you know 
just fairly efficient. Okay, maybe maybe that not that, <laughs> but it. I don't know. I just feel like when you're hitting two thirds of your shots, you could be kind of forcing the issue more. And Possibly. if you're instead hitting, if you're instead hitting sixty percent of your shots, but you're you know putting up fifteen twenty. I mean, yeah. go for it. That's still a very positive contribution. So, <laughs> one of the things that I also say. So one of the things that. Um, so one of the things that I did see this week, and I don't, again, Oakland is a weird, I don't know what, Oakland is weird. They go into Cleveland State, they lose. They go into Youngstown State and they win. It's funny because I made the comment offline, well, obviously. Uh, I made the comment when Oakland was not shooting very well. Blake Lampman, Jake, uh, Jack Olkey. I think it was a combined two of fourteen from three from beyond the beyond the arc. He has Cleveland State, and then I I think I made the offhand comment. Now watch, they're going to shoot fifty percent and beat Youngstown State. <laughs> I think I was I think my my exact words were watch them shoot fifty percent and they blow out Youngstown State. Well, the blowout part didn't happen, but the shoot fifty percent thing did. <laughs> yes, it did. Like yeah, wow, that's... okay. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, so that is, and that was a bit. That was probably not the. That was not a good loss for for Youngstown State. They really needed to win that game, um, just to keep their momentum I mean, going. Losing at home against a team that had been kind of reeling, definitely isn't ideal. For sure, you're right. No, it is not. <laughs> it is not under the least of, it, under any circumstances. But it's just. But I mean. We know what Oakland is capable of. We've seen it. We've seen yeah. it. We just haven't seen it recently. Yeah, and that's we kind of the thing didn't... where I'm fighting with people in the, uh, you know, with the power ranking. It's like, yeah, their record's not good, but compare who they've played to anybody else in the league. They're definitely, you know, I mean, no non-Division one games. No, I mean, <laughs> they've played several Big Ten teams, multiple, you know, um, oh, whoops, what year is it? Uh, they've played Xavier from the Big East and then Dayton. Like, that's almost half their schedule is Big Ten games, Xavier and Dayton. That's crazy compared to some of the other teams that are, you know, giving us reasons for hope. I mean, yeah. Um. So I want to talk about Northern Kentucky because they did lose to Purdue Fort Wayne. We'll we'll kind of get into a summary of Purdue Fort Wayne because late uh, near the end of the uh, end here. But Northern Kentucky, they it, obviously they have the Sam Vincent injury. I don't uh, up to that point. Up to that point, you know they they had they definitely had a shot of coming up against a Purdue-Fort Wayne, against an Oakland, Youngstown State, Cleveland State. I don't know about what that looks like now. Because not only do you have probably the best defensive player in the Horizon yeah. League, but also with Northern Kentucky, Sam Vinson was doing a lot of the ball handling too. Yeah. And now that you don't have now that you have one less ball handler for Northern Kentucky, you are putting 
so much more on Michael Bradley, who was coming off the bench. Yeah. No, and I mean, I, it's definitely... Yeah. Yeah, that that really uh, that injury completely changed. It, it's interesting because on paper it completely changed it, and then I don't know. No, I mean it. Yeah, it, it completely changed their outlook because he is just such an important piece, and you know, yeah. important piece of the yeah, offense, he important really piece is. of the defense. Yeah, and now that you take that out, I mean, what does that leave you? I mean, I mean, Northern Kentucky is still a decent ball club, but are they in the upper? Are they at the upper? You know, are they able to compete at the top of the Horizon League at this moment in time? It doesn't look like it. It just no, doesn't look like it. I think they have a real issue in that. You that that's a huge component to lose. It really is. Yeah. One thing I will say, uh, getting blown out by Purdue Fort Wayne might not be. I mean, getting easily beat, we'll say. Yeah. Might not be. You know the the uh, deal breaker for league play. Uh, they've done it to three of the four teams they played, <laughs> and the other one is three and one right now. Uh, that is correct. Um, <laughs> but they are going to definitely need to figure some things out if they're going to, you know, bounce back. Yes, they are. Um, and then that, that leaves, that brings us to Purdue Fort Wayne. Obviously they've got everything kind of figured out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to mention it in the power rankings that are coming out, but Ever since I was, and of course, you will be easily refuted because there's that one guy who keeps replying to all your stuff. (laughs) No, no, no. Like, okay, so immediately after that, when they played Southern Indiana and Semo, and they eh, did okay again. I mean, they they beat them. They checked the box, move on. Uh Uh, They played Bethune Cookman, another team that's similar to like Texas A&M Commerce, who they blew out early in the year. Beat them by a twenty-one. We're good. I uh, yeah. beat Northern Kentucky by 13, beat the breaks off of Detroit Mercy. Yeah. The the pit loss. Not the pit loss was weird because they only scored it. 48 points. That was definitely mm-hmm. out that that if you want to know if you want to see an aberration for the entire season for Purdue <laughs> Fort Wayne, that game was it. Because they only they and they only lost by 14, too, because they couldn't hit anything. They were they yeah. could not shoot at all. If they had shot anywhere close to their average, it would be a much different ball game. But that I mean, absolutely I will say didn't happen. Pitt is also, I would argue, pretty unquestionably the best team they played this year, except for oh, without maybe. A doubt. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I actually don't know much about San Francisco, but San Francisco also easily beat them. So that's true. I, I think, yeah. Because they yeah they ran out of gas against San Francisco, but yeah definitely definitely pit but but Purdue Fort Wayne obviously every all of us who picked them to finish very low in the Horizon League standings <laughs> now we were all wrong <laughs> no kidding we were yeah, and, all uh, wrong it wasn't just us by the way it was everybody 
At least yeah, we didn't no, pick him finish last. I think Mark Katz over at Lindy's had picked finish last. And if he didn't, he uh, I'm going to blame it on him anyway. <laughs> um, and I'm going to have another article coming out this week as well. It's going to be uh, kind of following up on Kyle's women's midseason team. So, sorry, a little bit late there. Had a busy week. Uh, but, yeah, they will be <laughs> – they're they're gonna get some love in that for sure. A couple of awards, a bunch of all league teamers. You know yeah. what's funny about that? It's like you're talking about the midseason awards with Purdue Fort Wayne. There's like I don't know how you're gonna do it because there's like four different guys you can pick on all those all league teams. Because no, you it's have so crazy. You, you got Bello who's doing outstanding, Jalen Jackson who's doing great, uh, Quentin Morton Robertson. Um, Anthony Roberts. I mean, good luck with that. And and don't forget so, Eric Mulder. Against <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Detroit Mercy. And I think I made this. But Eric, yeah, it was bad. I mean, he didn't have an answer. Detroit Mercy didn't have an answer for Eric Mulder. Eric Mulder's pretty good, though. Um, yeah. He's obviously, you know, he's clearly good to be able to, you know, he's the starter. And there's a reason for that. And we saw it against Detroit Mercy because he just, he exposed them and just basically ran rough shot on them and had a career day. So, yep. No, and um, yeah, so that's fun. Yeah. So, okay. Spoilers. So with that, that depth, you know, with kind of the, the many different pieces, that's always such a, you know, frustrating thing to have to figure out when you're doing all league stuff. Uh-huh. Um, what it does mean is coach of the year is on lock. <laughs> coach of the year midseason, not even close. And so you got Kaufman as coach uh, pre-season, uh, coach of the year. Yes. Yeah. No, and then it's – oh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, though. Figuring out – they've got four guys who – I mean, it's not just, hey, they all have, you know, potential all-league. It's, okay – Three of them do a lot of similar, you know, kind of yeah. do similar scoring and then add different things. Uh-huh. How do you sort that out? It's yeah, it's crazy. Exactly. I mean, it's a good problem mm-hmm. to have if you're John Kaufman, not so much if you're John Parker trying to put together midseason stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think I got it figured out, though. Just I think a, I got it. Yeah. So well, that ought to be fun. Who do you got to do? I, I will we, say, like, anybody, like, it's easy to criticize when people do things like these, but, like, anytime, God, you know, doing a post like the midseason awards or, you know, at the Horizon League turn when they ask you to vote for the all tournament team, it's a lot tougher than people realize. I, I hope, you know, you gotta, hope like, people understand. Oh, man. Voting for the all tournament team. Crap, man. It's insane. Voting for the all tournament team when it was done uh, via, like, we, we tuned in. And did it. I was able yeah. to do it out here in New Mexico. That was so cool. <laughs> well, it's like, and too, like even with all tournament, you go, you know, you say, okay, here, here are the guys who I thought were the five best players. But then you go through that and you say, well, okay, this team won, so they should probably have two or three people on the first team. And I didn't give them that. So we have to kind of adjust. I mean, there's just yeah. all these little protocols that you have to follow and things like that, too. I'm pretty sure yeah, I still there's... get crap. I'm pretty sure I still get crap because I didn't have Antoine on my uh, all uh, tournament team last year. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry. 
Yeah. Think so. Um, but it's, I mean, you know, but man, you got, yeah, it, 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 you know, in the, God, it's been, once when I'm finally done with this, it'll be six years that I've like been doing this the second go around, and then another year before that. It's a lot, man. You gotta. Yeah, I, I have never had. To, I I have especially the, specifically the last three years, ever since COVID. It is the oh my god, um, it is. Trying to pay attention to all of this is insane. Yeah. I challenge anybody that doesn't isn't has a level of sanity, a normal level of sanity to try and do this. I'm glad I'm insane so I can <laughs> handle it, but I even I have been at my breaking point on many many different occasions, and Relatable. it is it's it, it's hard. It's real. It's been so tough to keep up with, and it's like, oh. God, like, is it a sign of getting old? I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I'm not. No, gonna... The midseason, and I mean, I know it's a silly, you know, dumb little thing. The midseason doing them when I'm doing them, it's also like, how much do I factor in league play with four, a whopping four games? <laughs> like, at the end of the year, personally, I'm the type who says, you know, league play, league play, league play. But yeah. right now, there hasn't been much of it. No, there really hasn't. There really hasn't. There's, and, no, you know, there's no balance is one of the things that you run into an issue. Like, am I, do I ding, I mean, if I'm being you know, do honest, I someone up? Yeah. Like, I mean, if do I'm I ding Trey Townsend for the counting stats being, yeah. you know, a bit lower when he's been the guy for a bunch of key wins? Like... <laughs> Well, something, I mean, you mentioned like Oakland earlier, John, that's something that the league itself does. that really kind of annoys me as well to say, if so-and-so is the leading scorer, they're averaging, you know, 18 points a game, whatever, but they count the whole season for that. It's like, yeah. nobody well, no, they do a have one a, they do one have in the non-conference they, they schedule. Actually do, they actually do have conference only stats. And by the way, um, I probably should have like waved you guys off of these things until like we got halfway through the conference season. So that's <laughs> a my bad on my part. Sorry guys. Yeah. I normally like to try it, you know. Well, you go, I mean, you go halfway through the conference season, then you're at the end of January, and you're doing the real thing at the end of February, early March yeah, anyway, yeah. so it's kind of pointless. I suppose. I mean, I guess. Yeah, no, I like, to, I like to try it during the end of league or non-league, but obviously the Horizon League has those Again, couple little games. Again, level of insanity that you, have to, that you need to have to do that. God <laughs> bless you. We've only done it like two or three times, so I guess this will be – that's true. We have done that a couple of times. So, but yeah, I'm. Um, I think you alluded to it already. Your uh, your halfway player, the halfway through the season player of the year is Noah Reynolds right now. Yes. No. I All mean, right. spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna give a few spoilers here. Um, Reynolds has been a complete game changer for Green yeah. Bay. Where are they without him? They're certainly not a game back of first place. They certainly no, they not. do not lose to that one team above them in the standings by four points without him. Yeah, I mean, I feel like even though – so, yeah, I, I'm down in Mountain West country. I knew how good he was, even though I knew that. And I did respect him a lot more than it seems like like the official voters and other places did. Still underrated him. Man, he's real good. <laughs> he is indeed. 
Yeah, well, I mean, for him, it's kind of that combo of, yeah, his counting stats are pretty crazy, but also they're winning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, by the way, Craig Jones, what's the best? What does everybody think is the best rivalry in the Horizon League? Well, I got one: Cleveland State the versus the Lighting in the in the Wolstein Center. <laughs> okay, okay, that one second, but Milwaukee Green Bay, of course. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, um, you know what? That's a whole other episode. The Wolstein <laughs> things. I mean, that. I mean, if it happens once, it's one thing. If it happens. It seems to be every other thing. Let's, you know, if anybody for I know nobody, no Cleveland State Board of Trustees listen to this damn show, but come on, guys, this has been a freaking this has been a freaking decade. You guys have been talking about this seriously. Oh um, Knock it down, build another thing, finally get it together. Come on. A couple of years back, the power went out at New Mexico State when they were playing New Mexico. They had backup lighting on, yeah. and. They were doing the call with like a like a phone. Like they were broadcasting it over the phone into the radio. It was oh, crazy. Jesus. That's insane. It could be worse. And I mean, yeah. and that was that was the biggest rivalry either of the schools have. So that was yeah. that was kind of surreal. It they lost the broadcast. <laughs> they lost the broadcast and you were doing the phone. That's insane. Uh, or the scoreboard. Thank you, Jim Capretta, for mentioning the scoreboard. It's so, always something. It's always something. Oh. Yeah, no, that was driving me crazy it's the other day. fascinating to me because, you know, I've, I've been everywhere in the league at this point. And, you know, these these schools, none of these schools are Ohio State or Texas or anybody like that. We all have, you know, budgets and whatever. You know, you look at, like, Callahan Hall. You look at, you know, Milwaukee Pantherino where I was yesterday. I mean, there are, those are older buildings that they've managed to keep you know, the lights. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like everyone else is finding a way to make it work except Cleveland state. Yeah. I do not know. <laughs> I don't know how they keep the lights on at, uh, at Panther arena. Sometimes I, when I was uh, in college 11 years ago, I got to like, see what they were working with. And it was so weird compared to even, I mean, what we would work with at the Klotchy center. <laughs> like how does this, work this whole big thing it was not yeah so i like I, I like the panther arena too they have like that display case for the old uh like the air circulation stuff like that with all the little control knobs and stuff and like <laughs> and they said oh we still use that for backup on some things oh that's that's reassuring <laughs> oh gosh yeah oh jesus no, Christ. well uh, uwm arena is like really old isn't it it's like you know that used to be the old mecca wasn't it where the Bucks used to play or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow, I'm glad Kareem I remember Abdul that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar so. played there. The Beatles played there. <laughs> like. Yeah. So. But yeah, I think at this point in time, I think yeah, now, now that Green Bay has, you know, even when Green Bay wasn't great, obviously last year, Green Bay, Milwaukee, probably the best, probably the best rivalry at this point. Um, with a close, with the second being Wright State, Northern Kentucky, um, I can't say I I can't in any good conscience say Oakland Detroit Mercy at this point in time. Um, I think yeah, Detroit. Mer I think Detroit Mercy's biggest rivalry is with having a healthy roster. <laughs> no, and that is yeah, definitely one of the <laughs> the more interesting things. It just so 
yeah, NKU Wright State has been very fun. It's also pretty much a brand new rivalry. Yeah. And NKU's rivals, we might see later, fingers crossed. I mean, maybe. But we'll see. Well, in, terms of pure, in terms of pure hatred, you can't really beat Wright State, Northern Kentucky. I mean, they've both, especially on the men's side, they've both always been I don't been know. Really good. The, the, the Milwaukee Excuse Green me. Bay's got a little bit of that. <laughs> you know, the, thing I, the thing I love about Milwaukee Green Bay on the women's side is that they're, you know, they sort of don't play entirely dissimilar from each other. There's sort of a, a Wisconsin style, I guess you call it. And they're both trying to do a Green Bay's obviously done it a little bit better over the years, but Milwaukee does it very well too. I'll see that in a few minutes here, I guess. Yeah. Um, that is definitely, I will say on the women's side, it is a little different for me anyway. Uh, when I was in school and I mean, it was Borseth the first time around and then Boland, uh, when they would, I mean, they would just work the ball until you're watching it on TV and okay. There's two green Bay players. There's no Milwaukee players. They're two feet from the hoop. How, how did you <laughs> defensively let that happen? And it's just Green Bay was that freaking good. Like well, you saw that like, on, there was respect on there. Saturday against against Cleveland State. They had they had twenty seven assists on thirty made field goals in the game. What? It's like wow. You know, they just yeah. I mean that's what the stats said anyway. But you know it's just like in the first half, you know, Reisman got the two quick fouls and they were able to like, kind of work inside with a lot of their you know back cuts and things like that and. then you know, Ryzen was back in the second half. It kind of closed down the lane a bit. I'm like, okay, fine. We'll shoot threes now. They just, they're able to adapt and <laughs> do whatever they can do to beat you. No, yeah, they're, they are crazy good to the point that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of respect there. <laughs> Truly. So. All right. All right, guys. Uh, I got to jump off. We're about to get going here. So I'll see you later. All right. righty. Well, yeah, that's okay because we were going to close out anyway. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, Craig, yeah. Let's turn the New Year's Day show into the fan belt. Dude, I'm out of here. I'm out of here in, in April. You guys can do whatever you want. <laughs> Elvis has left the building. I'm going to go do something else, like literally anything else. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot from the last six years. I'm going to, you know, maybe take a break and, you know, go watch a bunch of documentaries like I always do or binge watch a bunch of useless crap like I always do. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll – like I said, I'll have a lot more to say than the last one on, on April 6th. So, but, John, thank you for joining us. I know, uh, once again, I know, obviously, Matt was down and out today. So, he'll be back next week. Um, along with everybody else, this is probably the longest we've ever done a live episode. And I'd like to <laughs> s I, I, shout out to everybody who popped up, man. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is probably the best crowd we've had. And, uh, yeah. Um, horizonroundtable.com. Um, oh, um, as John mentioned, he's doing, uh, some of the mid season stuff. Um, so he's definitely doing all that. Um, become a patron. Um, even you know three we're we're doing the games previews every uh every week I'm doing them I'm writing them and at the dollar a month level you get early access to the games previews and probably the best investment of like three bucks you would ever have 
three bucks. That's it. Because, you know, you can <laughs> cancel at any time. Yeah. Um, so, um, so patreon.com slash horizon roundtable. You know, we're still up. So, um, oh, let's see here. You can pull us up wherever podcasts are found. Uh, obviously, we got the YouTube channel up. So, this is going to be up for a while. Um, YouTube has moving over to YouTube music. So, all the podcast episodes, past and present, are now on YouTube. So, that's awesome. Ooh. All yep. right. So, um, other than that, uh, thank you all for joining us. And if you're listening to this on the back end, um, a little later on this week, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week.